Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-host Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Uh, as everybody knows, uh, tomorrow, Friday, is uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, which is uh, January 15th. And then on Monday, Shadi Moore, KL, Bob Barnes, and a group of the MLK Committee will uh, be hosting their annual festivities. No inside stuff, and we'll talk to Bob Barnes about that lady. But right now, I want to thank my, my good friend, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, senior pastor of Seattle's First AME Church, uh, for taking time out because he's getting ready to get on a call soon. But it was so important for us to have him on the air today uh, because we have a lot of strange things happening in this country. And with Dr. King's birthday coming up, it's something to really reflect on. So, Pastor Anderson, why don't you just go ahead and take a minute and reintroduce yourself to our listening audience. And then uh, let's talk about what's happening in Washington, D.C. and what we need to do to correct some of these illnesses in this country. Well, thank you, first of all, and to our radio listening audience, to Hayward Evans and to my dear friend Eddie Wright. Both of them are brothers that are making a difference in our community. Yes, this this uh, weekend marks another opportunity for us to remember the ideals of a beloved community and what it looks like as we remember, reflect, and commemorate the life, the ministry, and the mission of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, who passed on April the 4th, 1968. And I might add that what we're experiencing today in Washington, D.C., in our nation, is uh, political unrest, but it's also social unrest. Some of the same dynamics that Martin Luther King was dealing with in the 1960s. As more things change, the more they stay the same. Isn't that right? I have to say amen. <laughs> you right on time, Pastor Anderson? Yes. Uh, the name of my church is First AME Church here in Seattle. And uh, what is bewildering to me is that we see and saw our president inciting a crowd, and there are those that were there hiding under benches in the congressional uh, chambers that deny uh, what happened. They didn't see what they saw. They deny the violence, but they they failed to recognize the inciter of the violence. And so uh, as we are dealing with this situation in, in Washington, D.C., even right now. Our democracy will always supersede a dictatorship. And what we are witnessing or have witnessed was the attempt by our sitting president to not just be the president, but to be a dictator. And praise God for our founding fathers who incidentally were slaveholders themselves, but and did not include us in the U.S. Constitution, the preamble, or any other Bill of Rights. But those ideals um, tell us that we're a democracy, not a dictatorship. And uh, Pastor Anderson, it doesn't appear as though, uh, well, we know there's been no congratulatory speeches made from Donald Trump uh, uh, congratulating the president-elect uh, Joseph Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. And, uh, you know, we don't have to go to Washington, D.C., because there was a similar scene that happened uh, down in Olympia at the governor's mansion. It wasn't quite as violent, but uh, I know that last year when I was coming back from Olympia down trying to, I think uh, that was the time I missed table. We weren't together. But there was a couple of white guys in a pickup truck with a con big Confederate flag in, in, the, in the back of it. 
And then oh, to I see saw, I, my wife and I were traveling on I five, traveling from the south, coming from the Portland area to Seattle, and we saw a caravan, mind you, before the elections of Trump supporters in their trucks with their American flags and their Trump flags. It might as well have been in hooded sheets and Confederate flags, as far as I'm concerned. I, w- I want to see if, um, in terms of what, what uh, you know, like I said, we got this stuff now. It's in Olympia. It's probably here as well. We got a Martin Luther King event coming up, and hopefully everything will go uh, well there. Uh, but what is? I just wanted to get your feel on the fact that uh, do you think there wasn't a, a lot of security because they were predominantly whites? And then another thing that's really disturbing that on January 5th, some of the Republican members of the House were giving people tours of the Capitol because uh, Congressman Clyburn said there's no way they could have found his office unless someone told him. He had a hidden office that was unmarked. That's what I understand. I, I, I do understand that there were tours that were being granted uh, from uh, officials in Washington, D.C., probably of some of those spectators and some of those uh, Trump supporters who attended that Save America rally on the 6th. And in addition, you know, um, I, I'm not surprised that uh, those things happened because when you compare and contrast, and let me say the CCs again, compare and contrast between uh, the march of Black Lives Matter in D.C. and compare that contrasted with the January 6th event where the security was at a much higher level at the BLM uh, rally of March and as it was more so than it was at the January 6th um, Trump rally. And it just goes to show you the disparity of how they think white folk aren't as violent as black folk. And um, to our, not to our surprise, but to their surprise, that's where they broke into all of the uh, sacred places of our nation that holds our heart, our soul, and our democracy. I want to see if my co-host Hayward Evans have a question or comment for you, Pastor. This is Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, Senior Pastor, Seattle First AME Church and Civil Rights Leader Extraordinaire in Seattle, Martin Luther King County and across the country. And, and the winner of a Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee Award for his community service. But on top of that, and First Church and everybody I'm recommending you go by and at least visit is the oldest black church in Seattle. Uh, but Rev, what, what really got me I'm up here watching this on television, all those Confederate flags in the Capitol after they lost the Civil War, that position was keep us enslaved, and then they were taking down U.S. flags and hoisting Trump flags. I don't know uh, to call this a wake-up call or what, but I know the people out there, we should be encouraged to stay on track in terms of the civil rights movement and support the activities that we're doing. But I was going to ask you again about Judge Johnson. Now, he, he was going to First AME Church since, like, the 50s, wasn't it? That's correct. He graduated from the UW Law School in 1957. He entered in 1954, the only black in his class that finished, and uh, united with First AME upon his arrival here, or shortly thereafter his arrival here in Seattle. And it's interesting to note that right after he finished law school, he 
went right to work with the NAACP that really needed uh, a boost, and he wanted to make a difference. And so he aligned himself and joined himself with organizations such as the NAACP that historically has made a difference and an imprint in the life of not just black Americans, but in the life of the change of the moral fabric of our community. And we commend him for that. We commend him for that. In, in a basically an adult, lifetime adult member of First Church. That's correct. That's correct. He was our church attorney for many years. He was uh, the pro tem of the trustee board for many years and helped provide leadership and guidance in the temporal affairs of the church. He was instrumental in our same housing association in starting it and keeping it, keeping it going and sustained and also was an integral part in our newest, well, our second to newest nonprofit, which is the MLK Fame Community Center. Very, very active and very, very supportive. And in addition, Hayward and Brother uh, Eddie, uh, he and his wife were supportive of the First AME Church Scholarship Ministry that grants scholarships to young people going to college. And he, uh, several years ago, um, would give $10,000, he and his wife, a year for um outstanding students pursuing higher education. So, you know, he didn't just talk the talk. He walked his talk. And this is what we need more of today. Uh, We see with uh, the president that's got just a few more days left in his presidency, one of the things that would have helped him if he could have walked his walk, and he did not walk his walk as far as I'm concerned, He didn't even talk his presidential talk. He wasn't presidential in his speech, and he didn't act presidential in his walk. And so now he's up against his impeachment for the second time that will make him the worst president of all time. Now, now they say politics is the art of, of postponing a discussion until it's no longer relevant. You think that's what Senator Mitch McConnell's trying to pull right now? Mitch McConnell did not want to pull up his big pants. He's kicking the can down the road. He's going to leave it for the incoming uh, Senate to handle, and he'll wash his hands of the situation. But like Pontius Pilate, who tried to wash his hands once he freed um, Barabbas, where is the washing uh, bowl for Mitch McConnell? That stain is going to be on his hands, the stain of the five dead in Washington, D.C., is going to be on the president's hand. That stain of blood is going to be on those Republicans and other uh, persons that fed the lie, fed into the lie, uh, that the election was a fraud and was rigged. That blood is on their hands. And where will they find a wash bowl to wash it? I don't believe there's one in America. Well, Pastor Anderson, I want to say that uh, we've also been joined by uh, Reverend Paul Benz, who's a member of the McKinney Coalition, did a lot of work for us getting the building down in uh, in Olympia as likely as well as well as yourself. But I just want to share my my Charles Johnson story, which is going to be on a re- recorded tomorrow. They're going to live stream a tribute to Ju- Judge Charles V. Johnson tomorrow at three o'clock p.m. A little later in the program, Isaiah Anderson and Michelle Lane are going to talk about that. But uh, uh, 
one Friday night, we were playing poker on 32nd Avenue South, 32nd <laughs> Avenue East at Tyrone Smith's house. There's about 14 of us. Uh, the police came and came into and raided the poker game. Two of the brothers had warrants, so Tyrone's wife, Sheila, hid them. They didn't get them. So they put us in the paddy wagon. One brother named Barry Tucker refused to get in there. He went in the car. We didn't know if we were going to see him or not. We get to jail. To make a long story short, uh, Freddie Mae Gauthier and Miss Francis North, and there was one other sister, uh, got us to get, uh, and I talked Tyrone into retaining uh, attorney Charles V. Johnson. Uh, we go to court, and this newspaper started making mockery of the police department by saying, oh, should we take the rape, the murder, the burglary, uh, or should we take the poker game? They had cartoons. Anyway, we go to court, as it turns out, Judge Charles E. Smith is a judge. He rattles off a litany of crimes that was committed at the same time they were raiding the poker game. And in the meantime, I told attorney Charles Johnson, I said, go up to 24th and Jackson, the Southside Cafe. And he went up there and he came back. He said, right, you know, you're right. I walked in there. Two police officers were eating lunch. And I asked the lady that was waiting on me, was it a social event in the next room? She said, oh, no. If you got $25 for table stakes, you can go play poker, too. So I just wanted to mm -hmm. share that. And I, I shared that story. So that was attorney Charles V. V. Johnson. Uh, Pastor mm -hmm. uh, uh, Reverend Benz, are you on the line? Yes, yes, Eddie, I am. Mm -hmm. I want you to say hello to uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson before he has to go and do a Zoom meeting. <laughs> I love the Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson. Kerry, it's good to see you, my friend. Or good, good to hear your voice. And it's always good to be in your company and your presence. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Virtually and otherwise. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. But, okay, well, uh, Pastor Anderson, is there anything you'd like to say in, in, when, before you have to depart to your next Zoom meeting? Well, I'd like to say uh, I want to commend the work that you and Hayward do in the life of our community and in our state. And we just want you to keep on trucking, as Eddie <laughs> Kendrick used to say. And also, we're going to be in tune on the Facebook Live with you on Friday, tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And then First AME and Temple to Hirsch are going to be together in worship mm. online at 6 p.m. Oh, wow. To show, to show our unity and to show mm. that we are trying to live out the ideals of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Catch it on the First AME uh, mm. Church Seattle, Washington Facebook page. God bless you is my prayer, and Happy mm -hmm. New Year to all of you. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for your time, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson. We'll be seeing you soon. Blessing. Okay, Reverend Paul Benz, uh, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest again. And uh, are you going to be in Olympia virtually this year? Yes, Eddie, I'm, I'm sorry to say that. It is so, uh, you know, everything has changed, but nothing has changed, right? So um, the, the bills are still being introduced, being heard, all of that. But what has changed is, you know, it's, it's, it's all by Zoom so or TVW. Yep. Well, you know, I was, uh, I think me and Hayward, we were discussing, and we also shared this with some of the uh, members of uh, the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority Board, the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. The advantage we have this year is for the last couple of years, we had like Shadi Moore and Bobby Alexander and a whole lot of folks from the community, okay. and you down there every day helping. That really helped us uh, by you being there every day. But the advantage we have this year is that we have some documentation. We have picks with elected leaders from the last two years that it yep. will be up on or are up on, on the McKinney Center website. So if any of the new elected officials want to know who we are, 
since it's virtual, they can always go there. And matter of fact, uh, you are in one of the pictures making an appointment with somebody's office. I can't remember which, which one it was, but I'm going to send you a copy of that pic. I love it. I love it, uh, Eddie. Speaking of of, uh, of uh, Judge Johnson, I um, I testified that one of the bills, one of the many bills that would um, be a benefit to the African-American community in our state was heard, I think, on Tuesday. What is today's Thursday? It was Tuesday. You, uh, I'm sure you two have heard about it. It was introduced last year by Representative Melanie Morgan from Tacoma, establishing Juneteenth as a legal holiday, not just a holiday, uh, but a state a legal paid holiday uh, on June 19th. And I, as I closed my two to three minute testimony, I cited two great African American leaders at the at the both at the ends so to speak, of, of where we are now in Washington State and where we began in 1889, even before that, with the pioneer uh, George Bush. And then I closed with referencing these two important contributions to important men in our state that are African-American with uh, Judge Johnson. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's great. Now, would you share with our listeners a little bit about the Faith Action Network and you're down, you've been down there, you're going to be retiring soon. Yes, uh, well, then, unfortunately, yes. Yep. Yeah, well, I guess people say, well, since Trump is gone, maybe he can retire. And again, you know, the, <laughs> well, the Trump you, people went and visited uh, the governor's mansion, I guess, last week as well. Yes, well, you know, Eddie and Hayward, um, those who believe in freedom, right, the, the, the old freedom song, uh, will not rest. And so though I may be re- officially retiring as a paid employee of Faith Action Network, you should know to always call on me, and I will not be uh, sitting in my easy chair. So, um, but but yes, you, you you are you are correct. The end of this year. Faith, I want to see if my co-host Hayward Evans have any questions or comments for you, Reverend Paul Benz. Look, Reverend Benz, for us, you are a a true treasurer. <laughs> you are a true treasurer, and you have so much knowledge, and you've done so much for the for our communities here, for the entire state. And I just wish I just wish people would acknowledge that more. And your retirement, please, you're not going nowhere. Big deal. Something something's out gonna be out there. You've always been on the front line. Well, you you know, speaking of Dr. King's birthday coming tomorrow and the, and the whole weekend of activities uh for Dr. King, you know, uh we should not we of course this is a time to remember his words, all of his words, those that pierced uh, the, the, the white elected official establishment and, and, and white Americans, um, but also the, the, the words of his speeches. I'm thinking of the drum major instinct. And, um, I just thought of, of Judge Johnson as, as, as that. And, and I, I appreciate your, your, your good words, Hayward, about me. I appreciate that. What do you think Judge Johnson would be saying now about all of these activities in DC and number 45 and his nonsense? And the Republican Party. Well, um, you know, as 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 uh, I would, I mean, I who 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 of us would want to put words into into Judge Johnson's mouth? But I I think words that come to my mind, and I think that Judge Johnson would certainly resonate with. Um, and even though this is Dr. King's time, so to speak, right now, literally uh, in terms of the calendar, I'm thinking of another great African American leader. In our in our country, 
that people did not have uh, or had or come to have still have not come to have great respect for. And that's Malcolm X. And and so Malcolm's famous phrase, which which was used uh, when 9-11 hit, because um, the area that that 9-11 was uh, uh, was was uh, geographically in New York City was a um, uh, was an African-American cemetery slaves. And um, uh, so that's the phrase chickens coming home to roost. Um, uh, Hayward is, is, are the words that come into my mind because the, the most sacred building in our country, which was attacked and ransacked, who built that? Who built that? Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Slaves. Unpaid labor. Yep. Like, like my daughter Angela has a trademark, uh, uh, she got shirts. I have to get you one and a hoodie, Reverend Paul Benz. It says, "We built this joint for free." <laughs> I love it. I love it, Eddie. I'd, I'd be honored to wear that. As a matter of fact, my recording, my recording, uh, in the tribute to uh, Judge Charles V. Johnson uh, uh, last Sunday, I wore that that hoodie. So, so that'll be on tomorrow too. Yep. Yep. And so much else that was built in this country, right? That's um, true. So, so. Yeah, and we do have some people acknowledging now. You know, uh, Hayward also has some comments about uh, one of the founders of the state. And but before we go, you know, I just want to raise this issue one more time, Reverend Paul Benz. In 1941, with uh, the Daughters of the Confederacy, with uh, the complicity of members of the state legislature, uh, named uh, Highway 99 from the Canadian border to yep. the Oregon border for the Confederate President Jefferson Davis. So it was a Jefferson Davis Highway. Yep. Yep. And, and the uh, Civil War was 1865. We became a state 24 years in 1889. Now, here's what the Washington State Department of Transportation is saying. They, uh, uh, Hans Dunshee, former state representative, yep. he was the one that really led the charge, yep. and he paid for it. But Hans Dunshee said, we want the Highway 99 named for a black Civil War veteran that's buried in Snohomish County. Yep. They have one sign-up. And I, I confronted the Washington State Transportation Commission. They said, well, the whole highway wasn't named for Jefferson Davis. I said, if that's the case, why would you have a marker at the Canadian border and another marker at Vancouver, Washington? <laughs> I said, so if you just don't want a name for a brother, why don't you just come out and say that? But yep. it was named for Jefferson Davis. That mentality, you see it even with the uprisings in Washington, D.C., with these people carrying Confederate flags. You know, that's, that means that they want us enslaved again. That's what that's what they're saying. Exactly. So, and then I, I can, I can remember um, I, I was good friends with Representative Dunshee, and I can remember uh, calling him and giving him a, a pat on the back saying, how can I help get this bill through? And that, that was many years ago. But you're you're exactly right. It's that kind of history that people of this state should never should not forget and how we can change um uh history too so anyway i'm sorry good oh no problem no that's why you're on here brother we want you to express yourself <laughs> but hey before reverend paul has to go do you have any questions or comments for him just let me let me give you a comment on that you know these are african descendants of the united states enslaved that what gets me every time people say slavery it sounds like it's a job title yeah those, yeah. those were skilled laborers that built the capital Yep. Skilled laborers that grew those crops, skilled laborers. So, and, and yep. I, I want people to put this into context. Anytime they try to look at the and try to say, 
oh, your people were slaves. Huh? These were people with qualified, bonafiable skills. Exactly. They were exactly. Yeah. in their area. Yep. But, I'm thinking, but, what I'm thinking of, Hayward, as you're saying that, um, I'm, I'm thinking of the three words, three words that talk as what, what, what you were talking, as, as I was listening to what you were just saying, to me, what, the two words that come up is human dignity. And the three-word phrase, it's on many, many uh, placards. It was, it was carried by, by the uh, sanitation workers uh, in, in Memphis, right? That's why I King was called uh, to Memphis. I am a man. That's right. I am a man. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, you got oh, me. That's great. No, no, that's great because you hit the right on the head. We're talking about celebrating Dr. King's uh, birthday. It's the actual birthday tomorrow and the holiday celebration on Monday. Well, Dr. Paul Benz, I want to thank you very much for your time and your truth-telling as always. And we still look forward to going. We'll be shoulder-to-shoulder working for, for, the, for the people, sir. So thank yes, you sir. very much. And I, um, I, I love you, too. Love you, too. Both All right, I love yes. you too, my brother. Love yep. you, brother. All right. Yep. Bye. All right. Bye bye. And come back after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. All right. We're back at Urban Forum Northwest with Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Our next guest is one of the original founders of the Seattle MLK celebration. It was known as the Seattle Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, celebration Committee, and is now known as the Seattle King County Martin Luther King Organizing Coalition. Got the same focus, same purpose, but there were some trying days when we got this thing started. As a matter of fact, uh, my, my cohort here, Bob Barnes, was physically assaulted by a drunk lady. But anyway, Bob, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. Hi, Eddie. I'm, I'm glad you're keeping that story alive. 
every time anybody mentions it, I say, call Eddie. He tells the story much better than I do. Yeah, those those were the days when we were changing the name of that old Empire Way to Martin Luther King Way. Um, yeah, that... Good times when we were all younger and could be out in the streets fighting the fascists a little easier than we can now, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. But uh, that was back in the day, and people were asking me about, you know, who were some of the people, and I don't want to leave anybody else. I can remember that, uh, as a matter of fact, Omari Tahir, uh, the very mm -hmm. first demonstration, uh, when we were preparing to protest, about three or four people showed up, and naturally I got raked over the coals by the press. But in that photo was uh, Omari and, at the time, Kwame, now Y. King, uh, mm -hmm. putting together uh, the protest signs. And then the very next week, a uh, lady that worked with the ship scaler junior by the name of Nancy San Carlos was furious and created the Coalition for Respect. Right and, on. Uh, and then once she got started, the next week, I think we had 100 people. The week after that, it was a couple hundred. The CL medium, the facts. Uh, we didn't have KYAC or KRIZ at the time, but uh, people started turning out. And yeah, a lot of the folks from the clergy were very instrumental as well. Uh, as a matter of fact, we just got on the phone with Reverend Paul Benz, and we have people from the church council and everybody else involved. And the thing has been going on for like 39 years. Uh, so, Bob, this year with the COVID-19, normally I would be involved in, along with Hayward with the Opportunity Fair. That's not going to be happening because the inside had to be face-to-face. You want people with seeking job opportunities if you have a face-to-face -face, uh, with people who are hiring. And we also have to resume building stations so people were ready to uh, put forth their resume. And a lot of folks got hired. Then we had outstanding workshops. So what's going to be different this year, sir? Well, what's, <laughs> as far as the, the day of, uh, what will be, be different is that we won't be doing the workshops inside of Garfield. In fact, and I'm sure you all have talked about this, there are workshops going on all week, uh, virtually. Um, and if people want the details on that, go to our website. Uh, some really exciting workshops. Um, and we won't be doing, uh, the, the rally in the gym at Garfield. Um, uh, we'll be starting outside in front of, uh, the high school, uh, for a rally that's going to kick off at 11. Um, and then, uh, we'll be, uh, uh, we'll be making a few stops. Uh, we're, we're being cautious about announcing the route. And I know people have been asking us, what, what's the route? What's the route? We don't want to release that information yet because we are concerned about some security issues given, you know, what's happened nationally in the last, well, the last week for sure, but it, not just, you know, it's been going on for a long time. Uh, some might even say 400 years or so. Uh, but you know, um, we'll be we'll be dealing with some some relevant issues uh, like the the firing or the 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 forced resignation of the head of the Odessa Brown Clinic. Uh, we'll also be dealing with the issue of uh, King County uh, prosecutor um, is that who he is Satterberg? Uh, his petition to the Supreme Court to uh, overturn a, a state ruling that would allow the courts to to reconsider. Um, uh, the, the, the cases of, of youth who were tried and, and found guilty uh, under the ad, uh, adult provisions. This would allow them, the courts, to preview those, review those cases and perhaps reduce or eliminate the, 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 uh, the sentences. Uh, Satterberg is petitioning the Supreme Court to not allow that to happen, so we, we want to 
you know, we want to point out that he's on the wrong side of history on, on that one. So we will be dealing with, with relevant issues, as we do every year. Um, and hopefully um, we're going to have a big turnout. It's all going to be in the street. We are, we are making provisions for uh, being as safe as we can because with the, the pandemic going on, that's an ongoing concern. Um, and I just want to say to our listeners here who are concerned about that, yes, please be concerned, but also be aware that over the last nine months or so since the rebellion for Black Lives has started, um, there have been a lot of demonstrations, not just here in Washington State, but around the country. And there have been no spikes in COVID uh, reported um, because people are being uh, aware. People are masking up. You look at the difference in, oh, say, a Black Lives Matter demonstration and that craziness that went on in the Capitol last week. Um, we're all masked up. Uh, we're all carrying our, our sanitizer. Yeah, uh, we're not being, you know, horn-headed idiots that are that are spewing COVID around face to face. So, and I don't want to minimize uh, the concern, but I do want to point out that um, we are not creating spikes when we're in the streets because we're being safe. Um, so, you know, it'll it'll be different, but it'll be the same. Now, we hope there's going to be a big turnout. We're going to have an exciting uh, rally. Um, unfortunately, we will not be eating Ezel's chicken. We will be eating snacks that are going to be provided in, in sacks. Um, but other than that, hopefully it's going to be a, an important and a powerful day in the streets. Well, Lewis Rudd, the CEO of Ezel, say they will be open. <laughs> and okay. you can get some Ezel's chicken, okay? You can get it in several locations, okay? Airport Plaza, uh, by right here in Genesee, and naturally the home of Ezel's on 23rd and Jefferson across from James A. Garfield. So, I have uh, a feeling, yeah, there may be a line outside that their their storage in front of the high school because some of us are going to be able to might have a, a, a special price uh, a Martin Luther King Jr. Day price. So uh, yeah, that might just happen. But Bob, Bob I want to thank you for your many decades of service to the community. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad that that, that, that four foot 11 woman didn't really hurt you. <laughs> no, she didn't. And I just want to say, Eddie, it's been a joy and a pleasure and an honor to have worked with you through all of those years. And I hope we got a few more years left in it. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to keep on pushing. But I'll tell you one thing. I made arrangements to get my COVID shot on Sunday morning at eight o'clock. Whoa, whoa! I better and find out about if that. You're old, if you're old, if you're old enough, Valley Medical Center will uh, will fix you up. Right on. Good to know. There's a public service. So call it, call and get an brother. appointment, Bob. We need you around for the next fifty years. Right on. <laughs> okay, my brother. <laughs> okay, thanks, now. Take care. Okay, uh, before we go to Isaiah and. Uh, Michelle Lang, the superstars, I want to let folks know that we want to thank uh, Mia, Mia and Rice, uh, director of the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, uh, Sound Transit's Office of Labor Relations and Civil Rights, as Leslie Jones, and Jonette, the new uh, Civil Rights Director, lives at uh, the City of Seattle's Personal Construction Services Office, Concourse Concession with Dave Fukuhara, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, Rod O'Neill and Jerry Woodson. They're out at SeaTac and they're waiting for the business to pick back up, but they've been with me so long, hey, 
they're my friends. And then uh, the bad sister, Stephanie Ogle, uh, does all of our technology. I want to welcome uh, Michelle Lang and uh, Isaiah Anderson, Jr. And uh, Michelle is the Executive Managing Director of Acts on Stage. Uh, Isaiah Anderson is the Artistic Director. And these folks are responsible for putting together the live stream tribute uh, to Judge Charles V. Johnson uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m. So welcome, uh, Michelle and Isaiah. And whichever one of y'all want to go first, just kick it right off. <laughs> well, I'm going to let Michelle go and do what she do. Well, I'm just going to say hello to say it's an honor to be here. Thankful for the invitation to be here. Isaiah is the one that had the connection with the NAACP to uh, do this tribute to Dr. to Judge Johnson. So I'm going to let him talk a little bit about how we came to the table. Absolutely. Well, again, I, too, um, uh, Eddie Rock, want to say thank you. It is an honor to be on here with you. Um, I am married to Shalee Anderson, Attorney Shalee Anderson, who is also uh, the vice president of a statewide uh, NAACP under Gerald Hankerson, who is the president. And um, because Judge Johnson played such a pivotal role uh, with the NAACP and in their lives, um, it was the two of them who had decided um, at the loss of Judge Johnson that we have to do something. And um, Shalee immediately, because of the work Michelle and I have been doing uh, within our new theater, Acts on Stage, um, reached out and said, hey, could you guys possibly produce this um, production for us? And we gladly accepted. Uh, of course, um, Judge Johnson and his family uh, are important to not just a few, but so many. Uh, including Michelle and myself, uh, who are very good friends with Terry. Um, so, yeah, that's how we came to be, man. And it's, um, it was an honor to have you at our space to share your testimony about Judge Johnson. And uh, we, we hope that everyone will enjoy what we put together. Well, thank you very much for that, for that intro. So we'll, uh, I want to let everybody know, too, that... Uh, Isaiah Anderson Jr. As uh, why don't you let folks know how you work with the young folks because you really touched our family's heart when uh, my granddaughter Larry, well, I really I'm claiming her, Larry Williams and Francine, and uh, 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 Dumi and Jeanette, Larry's uh, daughter and Dumi's daughter uh, Niasha, that you know we helped raise. She stayed with us a lot of times, so she's our granddaughter, and I also knew her grandfather, Abraham Dumasani Murray, who was Dumi's dad. So I, we go back a long ways, but that production of Snow White and the Seven, sir, it was brilliant. And uh, I, like I call you the creator and innovator. So yeah, we want to get back to you and talk some more about some of the other things you've done. But now uh, the uh, managing executive manager, uh, managing executive director, uh, Michelle Lang, tell us about your role and how you got this ax on stage to roll. Um, Isaiah, you want to talk about Teen Center Musical first? Because it kind of bleeds into what we do now. Absolutely. Um, for those that don't know, uh, it, I mean, that means you must have just moved to Seattle. Uh, <laughs> I have been with the Department of Parks and Recreation for 30 years now. And in that um, position, I've been able to do uh, theater. And so I am the uh, coordinating um the director of theater for the Parks Department, and I do a program called the Teen Summer Musical. 
which was uh, created by uh, the one and only Steve Sneed and Rico Bembry, um, the two and only, and um, and they kind of handed that over to me many years ago, and so it is a yearly production that we do, um, and what we do is we take, um, you know, traditional theater pieces and we chocolatize them, and we make them our own, and we allow our young kids of color, our young black kids, to play these lead roles uh, in productions where they would otherwise be told they don't have a lead position. And so we've been doing it for many years. And so, yes, Snow White and the Seven, Each One, Teach One is definitely one of our pieces. Uh, Michelle Lang Raymond is the musical director for all of those productions uh, that many people have seen. And so um, it's the combination of the, the, the gifts that we have that we are able to put that together and uh, for the entire state of Washington to enjoy. So, like Isaiah said, we've been working together with this uh, with this project, Teen Summer Musical, that has long legs in Seattle. Uh, I think we're at 25 years or so. And um, and a couple of years ago, Isaiah and I, well, honestly, more than a couple of years ago, Isaiah and I would dream about what it would look like uh, to actually have a theater, not just a theater program, but a theater the theater that was um, a year round standing theater house uh, in the city of Seattle. And and so a couple of years ago, we got really serious about visioning that and dreaming and conceptualizing that. And um, and what came from our heart is this new work called Acts on Stage Theater. The name is um, reflective of the fact that both Isaiah and I are, are people of faith, and, and we've been artists our entire lives, creatives our entire lives. And and more more often than not, uh, we we sort of had this notion that our that our artistic identity had to be separate from our from our identity as people of faith. And we just knew that wasn't. We learned, I should say, that that was not true or shouldn't have been true. And so for us, Acts on Stage represents a place that will center the works, the talents, the voices, uh, the initiatives of people of color um, and people of faith. And so. Part of what we're doing with Dr. Judge Johnson's tribute is we are centering this tribute of a Seattle great um, man of color, African-American uh, judge, um, and that's part of what we're doing. Especially in this COVID situation, um, we have we have had to pivot quite a few times, and um, and we're glad and we're glad about actually having the having the wherewithal to make these pivots because. Uh, we know that the work that we're doing and that we're going to do is going to be really important, and we didn't want to let a whole year go by uh, before we were able to, to actualize what we exist for. And so um, the team from the musical and things like the tribute that we're doing for, for Judge Johnson, um, it's just reflective of who we feel like we're called to be for our community. And so Acts on Stage exists. We have our building in White Center, and... Um, and we know White Center is not necessarily the central hub of activity, but the central hub of activity has moved, actually. What used to be known as the central hub of African-American culture and activity has moved. And so we feel like White Center is a great place for people to come discover, come to discover acts on stage. And all I want to tell people, when they go out there, don't listen to, to uh, Destination Assist. Just go straight all the way down First Avenue. <laughs> they had me going around so many loops. And on the way back, I said, this is First Avenue right here. But anyway, just, just 
want to throw that out there. Tell them to come down here's first. Here's the good news, though. The more you come, the more you, the more it'll just become like natural. It'll be just like getting oh, yeah. to the TV. But, but you're absolutely right about uh, the movement of uh, uh, African descent of the United States enslaved because we have uh, a representative on, uh, for the first time in, in 53 years, we do not have a black uh, African-American on the Seattle City Council. And since the inception wow. of, of the county council, we don't have an African descent of the United States. We do have a black on there who's relevant. Uh, Gourmet is very relevant, brother. And then if you look at right now in the 30th uh, legislative district in federal way, uh, Jamila Taylor, who is Quintar Taylor's daughter, and uh, J- uh, uh, Jesse Johnson, who I think is the youngest uh, state rep in the, uh, in Olympia, but uh, Jamila Taylor just became the chair of the uh, Black Members of Color Caucus, and then Melanie Morgan out of Lakewood uh, was elected as uh, chair of the Members of Color Caucus uh, for the House, and for the first time we have uh, the most Blacks in in uh, in Olympia. In the House, well, one in the Senate, Twina Nobles, president of the Urban League in Tacoma. But uh, so if you look at Tacoma, uh, you know, the black collective have produced three black mayors. And the, the late Harold Moss passed away a few months ago. But uh, Marilyn Strickland handed off the baton to Victoria Woodards. And Victoria mm-hmm. Woodards got her tutelage from Mayor Harold Moss. So, uh, you know, when you look at where, where we are, we do have representation. Uh, Seattle, I understand, is less than 17% uh, uh, descendants now. I'll put it that way. I want to separate us from everybody else. But in terms of, of the blacks that originally occupied the CD, African descent United States enslaved, uh, they say 17%, but that's not all us. So that is a very, very, very white city. I want to see if my co-host Haywood Evans have a question or comment for Michelle Lang or Isaiah Anderson, Jr., you know, first of all, let me say I'm just so glad that you're here, and I love the fact that you have the uh, the acts on stage. Now, you know, Eddie and I were uh, the co-conveners of the Martin Luther King uh, Commemoration Committee, and we have an art contest coming up, and the theme is Visions of Unity, MLK, the Visions of Unity. So we're going to be calling on you to help us make this a successful event, because given, given the... Uh, the, the atmosphere right now, what those folks were doing in D.C. and the Capitol carrying Confederate flags and uh, talking about revolt and revolution and all this. And when when Black Lives Matter was out there, it was all about social consciousness, you know, leveling the playing field. We've always had this uphill fight. But from that from that perspective, how is the acts uh, on stage coming along? Are you getting a lot of uh, community support and governmental support? We're, we're still new. We literally launched um, in 2020. We launched uh, in April. And as you all know, that that is, that is nearly exactly when uh, the shutdown, the national shutdown happened. And so we, we've actually been over here existing somewhat in a vacuum, not able to um, invite people to our space as much as we want. But what we've been able to do over the last 10, uh, 10 months or so um, is create virtual uh, content that um, is getting a lot of attention and getting a lot of uh, view, uh, viewing. And so uh, our first, our first uh, show, uh, we produced 12 Angry Men, um, directed by our artistic director, Isaiah Anderson, Jr. And um, for the first time, anyway, I don't know if you gentlemen saw it, but I encourage you to go to our website and check it out, because for the first time ever anywhere in the history of, uh, of this iconic uh, courtroom 
uh, drama, uh, it was it was performed by 12, actually 14 African-American men in the cast. 12 Angry Men has been done uh, numerous times, hundreds of times all around the world, and we were the first theater to do it with an all-black cast. And I think because of that, it got a lot of buzz uh, from the community, um, from families, from the men that were in it. Um, and it got a, lot, a little attention uh, from civic and government government folks, um, but we're still using it to, to as a as a uh, as a tool to reach out to some of those people to say this is what it looks like when theater is used as a method of activism. One of our monikers is that we want to be known for using art as activism. And so our first play, even though Isaiah and I are known, you know, for the teens and the musical and kind of you know kind of doing some of the traditional. Uh, fairy tales. Uh, we wanted our first play to be more mature and and more relevant um, than those storylines, and so we picked Twelve Angry Men for that exact reason. It was because we wanted our first show to talk about things like justice and race and racism and equity and fairness and the legal system or not. And so we're using our work um, to do that. So. So to answer your question a little bit more directly, people are beginning to discover who we are. It's in this vacuum of a pandemic, but people are beginning to discover who we are. And I would just encourage people um, to go look at our work on our website and all of our social media. Um, the last thing I'll say is uh, after we did 12 Angry Men, uh, we were right into the Christmas season. And so, again, we produced a, visual, we produced a, a, a Christmas special that centered uh, people of color and people of faith. Um, and so people can check that out on our social media sites as well. Uh, Michelle, your website address, what is it? www.actsonstage.com. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at one of the flyers. It's as easy as that, actsonstage.com. And, yeah. um, and you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, either at Acts on Stage or Acts on Stage Inc. Um, but, mostly we're, but mostly right now we're pretty much we're spreading out at Acts on Stage. Okay, here's what I'm going to do: is uh, this play, this uh, program will uh, run again on uh, uh, Saturday morning at seven o'clock, and I'll repost you on Facebook. And I, what I'll do is I'll put uh, uh, the, uh, the address underneath both of y'all's pictures, so they'll know they can go to www.actsonstage.com. So that way, so but uh, I, 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 like I said, I want to thank you. I, I saw that. Uh, the production, some of the production, and you guys was serious as you could be. You think you was in Hollywood, very professional, and uh, I think people really enjoy. It. Now, in terms of how can people actually see the live stream tomorrow, I want to make sure that gets out before we leave. How can they see the what? The the live stream tomorrow on uh, uh, the late Charles V. Johnson, Judge Charles V. Johnson. Got you. Isaiah, you want me to answer? Yes, please, if you could. Okay. Yeah, you uh, you can go to our media sites. It's at facebook.com slash actsonstageinc uh, or on youtube.com slash actsonstage. Um, at 3 o'clock tomorrow, uh, on, both of those, on both of those platforms, the live stream will go up, um, and you'll be able to watch, uh, watch from either of those places. Um, and of course, when you when you uh, when you go to those places, you can share it on your personal page. So, like, if you go and you watch it on Facebook, you can also share it, and then people can be basically be watching it from your from your page. So, as much as we're able to um, to get people to share it while they're watching, then um, then this tribute to a great man uh, 
we'll be seeing uh, community-wide. I just want to say one more thing back to, um, back to the previous question that was asked. When you were talking about the Martin Luther King commemoration and the, the, the theme of visions of unity, we definitely want our community to know um, that we are here to be, um, to be utilized for events like that, whether, whether it's an individual artist that wants to, to uh, have, a, have their own individual show or, or use us as an art gallery or as a soundstage, um, or if it's an event. Um, like the Martin Luther King commemoration, if it's stuff like that, please reach out to us. We we want to be useful for the community. One of our other taglines is we want to be your theater of choice for change um, because we want our art, we want the work that we do to be an act of activism. And I think that's a very uh, good uh, purpose and the dedication. So Isaiah Anderson Jr., thank you for all your good work. And we look forward to seeing this uh, tribute tomorrow on uh, the late Judge Charles V. Johnson. Ms. Michelle well, Lane, thank you. thank you for acts on stage. And uh, if we get things coming up, please let me know because this program can be the platform for both of you. So anytime you got something coming up, uh, let us, let Hayward and I know and we'll make sure you get on the air because you guys are definitely uplifting and serve our community very, very well. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Okay, uh, Eddie Ryan Hayward Evans, we want to go out uh, listening to some of the Martin Luther King Jr. sermon. As you know, his birthday is tomorrow, Friday, January 15th. The holiday is Monday, uh, and there's going to be an outside rally in March, and everybody's wearing masks and bringing disinfectant, as Bob uh, Bob Barnes just said. <clears throat> so uh, if we can hear, go, take, go out on Martin Luther King Jr., we certainly would appreciate it. And Hayward, I'll check with you a little later. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Yeah. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream.